Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. What a week it's been. We still have our brother Kevin Robb with us. So Kevin, thanks for being with us. And uh, another week. I mean, I'm telling you, brother, your voice is going to be all over the place for a couple weeks. And uh, glad you're with us. It's been an honor, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and we we miss you, Stephanie. You'll she'll be back Monday. You all wait for that, and and uh, you know we've been cruising through the, the the book of Proverbs, and boy, God has been teaching us an awful lot. And you know we went over here and we we started dealing with chapter twenty, and we're dealing with wisdom weights and wickedness. We're in verse number four, but before we do that, I wanted to give you our word of the day, and I want to remind you if you need to get a hold of me, you know Doug at WoundedSpirits.com, helpful Wounded Spirits, drop a line. We need volunteers, we need partners, we need prayer warriors, we need you. You know, if you're ready to serve, give us a shout. We want to we wanna talk to you just as quickly as possible. If you need help, we want to talk to you as well. And uh, so the word for today, really, it's two. Is it, that's fair, though, right? It's God's help. I wanted to use the word help, that there was help for you. Uh, but I, as I was looking up things, as I was talking about this with Brother Kevin, I just think God's help is better. You know, those of us with PTSD, those of us with hurting hearts, those of us who've been through junk, those of us on the wrong side of stuff, those of us recovering, healing, coming back, making a difference, uh, I'll tell you, we find that. We find so much in God's help. We need to, we need to find God's help. We need God's help to get to where we're going. And uh, I'll tell you, there's one verse that people say we take out of context because they're messed up, but I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. There's no out of context there. You know, the whole book of Philippians is about joy. The whole book of Philippians is about a man who's in prison and he's about to die. I mean, he's, he's, he's shackled and chained to another dude. It's a prison epistle. It's not going good for him, folks. Uh, anybody who thinks that uh, Philippians was born out of a, you know, a resort or a timeshare <laughs> or something like that is, is, is wrong i mean this guy is in prison things are going bad and he's talking about things like you know if i die it's okay to die is gain and uh, and then he talked you know what uh, amazes me about everything that's going on with the apostle there and and i am so thankful that god inspired that letter to the church there at philippi a church that paul had planted was very close to um the thing that amazes me is how paul says but you know if i live it's better for you. And folks, let's think about that thought when we think about God's help. Can God help us enough that we're, if we live, it's better for our family? It's better for our friends. It's better for the people around us. It's better for our neighbors. It's better for the people we're going to come into contact. Are you the kind of person when you come into contact with somebody, you've ruined days? Or are you the kind of person that gives that smile that only God can give? Are you the kind of person that's kind? Are you the kind of person that that God can use. I, I really think that's what this is all about. And if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. God can give you help. Let us therefore come boldly onto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in our time of need. You need help? 
All you got to do is dial up Christ. All you got to do is dial up God. He'll give you help. He'll bring you to where you need to go. What do you think, Kevin? Man, just the word help is such a great, you know, great connotation with it. Is if if I have something going on or I've been through something that the answer lies outside of me, I'm asking for help. Peter was trying to walk on water. It didn't work too good. He failed. He sank. Got his eyes on the storm. And what did he say? He said, help, help me, Lord. Uh, the psalmist said, help, help, Lord, for the, for the, uh, uh, the godly man ceaseth, uh, I think is what it says. But, um, you know, how, how often, even in our prayer before this, before our session today, this, this help session was, I, I remember you said, so help us, Lord. And we just commonly say that because we recognize and, and the sooner we recognize that in our situation, like Peter, I think the more we, the, you know, the, 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 the sweeter things are going to get faster. When I was 17 years old, I think I just turned 17, I was at Rehoboth Beach and uh, living in Pennsylvania, went with my girlfriend, her brother, and another friend, <clears throat> Alan, to the beach, and uh, there's a terrific undertow. And so I was caught in this you know, rip current, and I was, at, we didn't know a hurricane was passing, you know, off the coast there, and uh, I mean, it was far enough out that it wasn't whipping us in there, but there was a, it, it things were really bad, you know, rip current-wise, and I, I was seeing a lot of lifeguards running around rescuing people, but I thought, well, those knuckleheads, you know, they, they don't know how to swim. Well, I got caught in that thing, and uh, I was, I didn't know the basics of swimming parallel to the coast and this and that and so I was carried out and I exhausted myself and so I could hardly say anything but I remember saying to my girlfriend who was an excellent swimmer and she said you know what do you need I said help I just uttered help and it was like I think it took five lifeguards to get me in and uh, but they were paddling you know like the dickens but that that experience you know just is in my mind is to you know kind of a textbook definition of help is I am in something over my head I'm gonna die there's no way if if this thing takes its course and carries itself out it's not gonna get good so what do we do we should learn to say God I need your help and and then and then under God having called on God oftentimes he will then lend other sympathetic ears to us and we can say brother Doug can you help can you help and, and sure enough, God uses them. He does. He does. And, and, and folks, I've got to tell you, sometimes some of the sweetest words you can say is, God, help. And, uh, yeah. you know, when we get to that point, I, I remember I had a friend of mine one time. He worked in an addiction ministry and was a doctor. And people would call and say, you know, I need this. I need that. And he would stop everybody and say, are you at the bottom? Are you at the bottom? The guy said, no. He'd say, call me back when you're at the bottom. Call me back when it's just God and help. Yeah. And folks, sometimes we get to that place where it's just God and help. And uh, I'll tell you, it's all right. It's all right to call on God. And sometimes it's all right to call on God right now. A prudent man foreseeth evil. You know, just yell out and say, God, I see this coming. I need your help. And here we are in chapter 20 of the book of Proverbs. And, and you know, it's all right to say help. And we see a guy here who needs help here in the Bible. And it says the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold, therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. So here's this lazy <laughs> dude. I mean, this is pretty simple. I, mm. I hate to say it, but we all know people like this, don't we? 
I mean, we got people in society today that won't even take a job. You know, I'm just going to lay at home. I mean, I, I don't get it. You know, we got a, the Starbucks I go to right down the road here. They were offering 20 bucks an hour and a $2,000 sign on bonus. I mean, right down the road, 32 hours a week starting out. 2500 a semester toward college. Am I missing something? <laughs> you know, I would rather lay at home. Well, that's what this is talking about right here. That lazy man, that sluggard, he, he won't plow when it's cold. You know, it's too cold. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to put on my, uh, you know, jacket and gloves. And, you know, I'm going to have to wear a hat. And uh, speaking of hats, I'll tell you, one of the toughest things about working with Kevin has been wearing a Dallas hat. I mean, <laughs> as a New York Giants fan, tried it and true. It's been tough. I'm just being upfront with you. But anyway, I'm thinking about Wonderful this. Wonderful restraint, brother. I, I, I'm thinking about this lazy guy. And I'm wondering, you know, PTSD can take us to that place. It can take us to that place where we lay down. It can take us to that place where we get picky, where we say, you know, it's too cold. But, you know, I'm going to be taken care of anyway. So even if I don't do the plowing, even if I don't do the seeding, even if I don't do the watering, you know, when harvest comes, I'm going to go beg down the road for that. I mean, that's kind of what I'm picking up here. Yeah. Boy, you know, and that's that, that's true. We can, th this verse is talking about people that beg and harvest. You know, we can get lazy to the point we say, you know, what, I'm just going to let, I'm going to be the victim and everyone's going to, you know, come in with, with resources to help me. But, you know, God bless the people that say, you know what? Yeah, I've been through some stuff, but my goal, yeah, I need to heal. I need some help. But my goal is to be able to get completely healed and have not an ounce left of anything but hard work so that I can help those people who cannot help themselves. And um, so, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of drawing an analogy too, just building on what you're saying, brother, you're saying it so well, is that... Um, you know, there's a cry for help that is uh, where it says, he, you know, the sluggard shall beg in harvest. Help, somebody help. Uh, my harvest didn't, you know, my, my corn's not coming up very high. Well, why weren't you planting it when everyone else was? Yeah. You know, the old saying is your, your lack of planning is not constant. Uh, poor planning on your part is not, not necessarily constitute an emergency on my part. Exactly. And, you know, slothfulness on your part um, you know, you've, you've, you've played the, the victim card, uh, beyond its, its usable lifetime. And so, you know, you're not going to get the help anymore, but there's a lot of people that go beyond, um, legitimate calls for help. And, uh, again, I hate to say it, that's where you see, you know, it's all over social media. There's yeah. people out there that are just, just really milking the, the, the pity and sympathy when, you know, maybe people that know them best, and I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but people that know them best would say, you know what, really, you should have been out there plowing and, yeah. and doing some stuff. And, and you know, from Pennsylvania, me from Connecticut, I'll tell you, you, you don't plant when the sun's out. It's rainy season. You know, April yeah. showers bring May flowers. March is ugly. You know, up in Connecticut, you plant some root stuff early or late, you know, when it's not that great. You uh, you know, you're planting when it's cold and rainy and it's miserable, but that's the best time to plant. That's when the, you know, the rain mixes with the fertilizer and the seed yeah. and good. And God does his magic in here. Yeah. And, uh, I'll tell you folks, I, I mean, sometimes, you know, and, and that's, it's an analogy too, for life. It's a metaphor for life where you look at that. And sometimes we, we got to be plowing when things are hard. You know, some of the things we go through are hard times. You know, we're going through the worst of the PTSD. We're going through junk. We want to give up. But you know what? Sometimes when it's hard, 
man, it's sweet when you come out the other end. Yeah. It's sweet when God brings you out the other end, man. I'm telling you, it just feels so good. So don't get caught up when it's rainy and cold. Just just plant what you got to plant. Do what you got to do. Move forward. God's going to use it. He's going to take care of you. Let's just take a moment here and let the stations do what they do, and we'll be right back. Yeah, so I love that verse. I love the idea behind that. Then we go to verse number five, and it says, Consul, in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And uh, so consul, think about that. In the heart of the man is like deep water. And uh, wisdom lies deep, my friends. You know, sometimes to find that wisdom, sometimes, you know, as a biblical counselor, I'll tell you, you know, it's not the easiest path sometimes. You got to break through worldly paradigms, worldly thoughts, worldly values, the ethos system we talk about. So culture is more of a big thing. Ethos is more of a family, individual. This is what I've been through. I got to break through those things. I have a way of looking through things. I found out that, you know, know-it-alls breed know-it-alls who breed know-it-alls. It's a generation thing and but console sometimes is a uh you know well beyond the surface of the ground we put the bucket you know we used to draw water out of the spring when i lived up in connecticut we'd go to the spring and you never got the water at the top you know let that bucket sink way down you didn't want the bugs and the murk and all the craziest thing and you know so a man of understanding will draw those things out we'll draw that wisdom out we'll dig it up we'll we'll drop that bucket as low as they can we'll get that good water we'll reach that point and i i think you know i think biblical counseling is a good thing i think counseling is a good thing uh and i think he, he needs to be a wise person someone who can draw out what's going on yeah you know the the, the notion of counsel and help goes in uh, hand in hand, uh, when we have a when we have a, uh, a situation. <laughs> so 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 Kevin had a uh, a bottle. Just so you know, there's nobody throwing anything at us. He had a plastic bottle that had tea in it, and he finished his tea. And it just uh, yeah, <laughs> it just flew off the table. No big yeah. deal. It was either Kevin not holding it properly or a ghost. Yeah, I, I'm betting it was Kevin. I need yeah. help. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but but you know. Um, Wise is a person who knows how to get help from from a person. Identify the person who can help, and then to draw it out. It's not easy. It's an art. Is there not an art to going to someone that, especially if there are a wealth of information or a wealth of experience, and to be able to draw it out? You know, that's to get help from that person. I remember our family. We were raised in aerospace. I got. Two, two kids that are pilots, and uh, we're all interested in aerospace things, and, and we love going to museums about rockets and whatnot. But we went to um, uh, the, the Space and Rocket Museum there in Huntsville, uh, Redstone Arsenal, and um, Charlie Duke was speaking, and, and uh, uh, Charlie Duke walked on the moon. He was a guy in Mission Control that was saying uh, – you know, hey, Neil Armstrong, we're glad you're down. We're about to turn blue. So Charlie Duke was speaking. This was about eight years ago, and he was up front. And I, th- I said to my kids, this is our man. We want to meet him. We want to talk to him. So um, as we were in the far back of the crowd, and we got, uh, as soon as he, you know, did the last amen, so to speak, I said to the kids, you know, follow me, grab my shirt tail or whatever. And we all made our way to the front, and we got with him, and we just, you know, we, we had, you know, learned you don't flatter, you don't patronize, you just come up and humbly just kind of pique his interest in your interest in what he's done. And we're able to draw out some things about his experience of walking on the moon. And I asked what he thought about, you know, the, um, 
this, uh, the, 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 the theorized trip to Mars, you know, the one-way trips. There's people volunteering to go to Mars and live on Mars knowing they'll never come back. I was like, what do you think about that? And he, you know, he was able to just kind of chuckle and say, yeah, the one-way trip to Mars sounds good till you get there. And after a year, you're like, I'm never coming home. And uh, people were going nuts. So he just gave us great counsel on that topic. And it wasn't about traumas that we had been to. But, you know, I apply that. When I am going through, there's been things that in my life I've had to suffer like anyone else here. And I remember thinking, I have got to talk to somebody. And sometimes I did not wisely choose the right person. And the counsel that I drew out was just, you could tell they didn't care. They had no interest at all. And they just wanted to, you know, throw throw off on you. But then there was those people, um, Brother Doug, where you get with them and you say, you know what, um, what is your experience? Can you tell me? I'm dying. I'm about to die and you could tell they recognized that they had something to share. Yeah, amen. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, it's not only good for a wise counselor to dig deep, but it's, you know, a wise counselor knows what to do when they get the best water, when they get the most information, they know what to do with that information. And then, and then we go on and we're looking at verse number six. We'll wrap up with that today. It says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. And, uh, you, you know, most of men, you know, they're going to go out there and tell you everything good about them. You know, as I travel, I, I see that, you know, there's a lot of lack of humility and self-centeredness in some cases. And, uh, thankfully most of the pastors and stuff that I personally work with are great folks, but we see it in society, especially in politics and news and things like that. There's a self-centeredness. There's a, uh, you know, a freakishness about being in control and, yeah. you know, about wanting to look good and what they did. And they, you know, they're, they're so used to patting themselves on the back. They're double jointed, you know, <laughs> and, uh, they build this double joint, you know, they're the type oh, of people that are so used to speaking out of both sides of their mouth that they can eat a bowl of soup and play the trumpet at the same time. <laughs> and, and, uh, but I don't even know where that one came from. <laughs> Uh, That's deep. But many, that is deep. And I knew what to do with it right there. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, but anyway, but it talks about, you know, true faithfulness is a man that doesn't have to self-advertise himself. True faithfulness yeah. in God is just somebody who steps out and does what they have to do. You know, truth faithfulness is somebody who every day, same time, every day doing the work that God has for him to do every day doing those things they don't even feel like doing every day that's a faithfulness that, that you know God can work with somebody with that kind of faithfulness yeah. uh you know but who can find a man like that well we can find a man or a woman like that when we're in God's word we can fa find a man or a woman like that when we're studying together when we're in church together when we grow together and uh I got to tell you, there's, there's two ways to go. There's really, this isn't, this isn't this real thick line or a faded line or whatever you want to call it. Uh, there, you're either on the side of faithful, following God and humility, or you're on that side of self-centeredness. And, uh, you know, we've seen it. We've seen the narcissists. I mean, you want to, uh, I could point you out our narcissists in five minutes, they're total control freaks. Mm-hmm. They're total eye freaks. Look what I've done. They're total, I've got to show everybody what I've done. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 me, 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 you know, if you do good and you work for one of those guys, it's, you know, I managed him and look what uh, he was able to do under yeah. me. Yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, folks, God is not about that. You know, God is about that faithful man. God is about that faithful person yeah, that, or that faithful woman that doesn't need credit. I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, let each esteem other better than themselves. Um, you know, when it comes to help, brother, what everything you just said, so much applies. Selection of a counselor. Uh, in other words, not just I'm getting therapy, I'm getting counseling, I've hired a counselor. Just even who am I going to talk to about my problems? Which of my friends, which of my family am I going to choose? And, you know, this has really helped me, brother, to choose someone, number one, who's not big me, little you. And that's what yeah. you just described. If, if you're sitting down with someone, I mean, everyone, everyone hates going to a doctor who's got poor bedside manners. Well, the, yeah. oftentimes the poor bedside manners are because the doctor's big me, little you. I'm not going to explain, you know, the details of your problem. Just trust me. Yeah. And so it's the same way you talk to someone. It could be a pastor. It could be, you know, your uncle or aunt. And if they're big me, little you, like you said, if they're going to walk their accomplishments, you know, talking about walking on the moon, if there's someone that's going to one up you, you say, man, I just really, 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 really want to be an astronaut. And their answer is, well, let me just tell you, I, you know, I already walked on the moon. So if that, if you're going to be crestfallen, just talking to them about your problems, probably not the best counselor. And so I want to choose a counselor really who's big God. If I can find someone chiefly, and theoretically our pastors should be that way, they're a big God. I'm going to count the cost. In other words, are the promises of God big enough to, bigger than my problem? That's who I want to talk to. Yeah. But that's, I want to come out of it saying, you know what? I have got this thing, me and God, and I've got someone in my side, on my side in this counselor too. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. You know, we started this today. We uh, we came out and our word of the day was really two words, God's help, looking for God's help, plugging into God's help, seeking God's help. And, uh, you know, as we looked at these verses today and as we went through, we talked about that lazy person who doesn't want to work when it's cold, doesn't want to work when things are bad. And folks, that could be me. There's times I just want to give up, and God's words reminding us that the best time to plant is the best time to plant, and the best time is right now. We don't have to beg for the harvest later. We need to get on and take care of those things that we need to take care of, and God will take care of us, and uh, we need to have the good counsel. We need to be around those saved people, those people who are right with God, those people who put the bucket down real deep, that, that knows what to do, has understanding what to do when they get there, and uh, we got to stay away from those people who proclaim themselves, those control freaks, those knuckleheads, mm. and, and and boy, they'll mess you up. They'll mess up your relationships. We love you guys. If there's something we can do for you, you know how to find me, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Help the Wounded Spirits drop me a message, and uh, we want to thank you, Kevin. Thanks for being with us these last couple of weeks. We appreciate you, and uh, Stephanie, we miss you. We look forward to welcoming you back next Monday. Uh, may God bless you, my friends. Listen, wear that smile that only God can give. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you 
But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.